Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Nefesh podcast. This is episode 29, part two, and this is the second part of our uh, podcast from last week, hearing from Dawn and Lisa Spencer and their experience surviving the devastating wildfire in Paradise, California in 2018 called the Campfire. And as we heard last week, their home was completely destroyed, their possessions gone, uh, but they, their boys, their family was safe. And so we're going to pick up in the aftermath of all of that, the days following, and how that impacted their lives and how their faith in God, how their relationships are stronger. And I know that this is going to be inspiring. And I am excited that you are joining us with us, joining us again. So listen in. God was so gracious to us. He, he just was merciful and took such good care of us through his people. And we had a, you know, a beautiful home to stay in with friends for several weeks. And he that's a whole other long story, but he orchestrated this amazing rental home when there was not a single place to rent. Yeah. I mean, apartment, shack, there was nothing to find. Wow. But here he had saved this um, home for us to rent. We moved in, I think, about three weeks after the fire. And our church community, um, our my, my mom's community in Rio Vista gathered up all this amazing furniture. My sister's community in Bakersfield. I mean, there were there were U-Hauls of furniture and packages from Amazon and donations and GoFundMes and from people we'd never met. Mm. I mean, it just was this overflowing um, abundance of what felt to me like love from mm. God. Right. Um, I, through others. Through others, yeah. yeah. Just like, I see you. I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet all your needs yeah. and more, uh, you know, uh, abundantly more. We kept getting care packages, and my brother and his wife had graciously sent up a, a box. You know, everything's, was the first. everything's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, so within, within days of us arriving at, and visiting at our friend's place and staying there for the five weeks, About a, weeks. a box shows up, and it has... Um, it has gifts, board games, wow. just toothbrushes. Wow. Just they went to the store and just like oh, anything on any yeah. shelf could work <laughs> we in this it. situation, right? Yeah. Everything, and so um, then another one that was that's my brother though, right? You know he's going to step up, of sure. course. He's Brian and he's and, and Brenda and and they're they're going to they're going to take care of us. I know. I mean no no doubt. But then we got a Christmas package from. A family through some random church that heard about us from, the, and they were like on the East Coast or Midwest, yeah, wow. mid Mid East or something. Kentucky or something. Yeah, wow. and they and they, so we ended up with a box full of, uh, I mean, wrong sizes of clothes. Sure. Um, but Bibles and clothes and just mm. blessings on cards and and just we love you and we're praying for you and and just this happened, over and over again yeah. and people stopping by the shop, and donating, you know, giving us $500 gift cards and just wow. over and over and over again. And and then what was cool, though, was not just what was given to us, but the the community mm-hmm. in this time of raw openness and, and hurting, everybody hurting, everybody in this town, in, in, down in Chico knows somebody or is housing somebody. Streets are filled with RVs and cars. Wow. I mean, everything is impacted completely. Wow. But what was beautiful was seeing the response and, and 
feeling the tenderness mm -hmm. and the goodness of, of God pouring out through people who didn't even know him. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this just care and concern and kindness. And you could tell by the way people drove even mm -hmm. that in the six months after the fire that people were, were cautious and kind and letting people in and going slow wow. and just, it just yeah. completely changed the face of our area for a long, and it will forever, but sure. during that time it was so tender and so gentle. Wow. Like like you're dealing with somebody who's who's just had a tragic event happen right. and they're dying or right. their wife just died or something. And so everybody was treating everybody like that and it was just... It's beautiful. There, yeah, and there would be people in our lobby of our business because we're right at the bottom of the hill, right? Mm -hmm. We're right there where paradise, the, the, hill, the climb starts. We're right at the bottom and people are in there. I have pictures of people hugging and crying mm -hmm. and talking and it's just went on, I mean, for a year, and we're just watching this. We have a front row seat to this beauty, and... Um, Donating cars and money for people's car repairs, yeah. and just... And we were, you know, a lot of people were giving things away as businesses, and we were giving away, uh, hope I don't lose my reward in heaven for this, but we were, <laughs> we were giving away, like, cabin filters and air filters for cars, because yeah. they were getting stuffed, because oh, yeah. it was, ash was over... Right. It was dark for a long time, wow. weeks. And uh, so we were giving those away. So people come in. We meet a lot of people we didn't know. Mm. And there were a few people where their car, a lot of times cars would survive because they were away from the house. But, like, all the taillights and the bumper would be melted and wow. weird stuff would happen. And so we fixed up a few cars like that and were able to just say, you know, it's on us. And wow. and so a lot of people were giving and kind like that during that time. And, and people that didn't have very much or very much money would be they're giving jackets and giving mm. gift cards for a hundred dollars and they had nothing Meals, or, yeah. yeah wanted to make sure that that we were okay right and and we were more than okay we were hurt for sure but we were so mm -hmm. enveloped by arms of love from the lord and from from uh you know the church and and people who were didn't didn't care about god yeah. everybody came together it was yeah. really really amazing and so that's the that's the bright side of having a tragedy happen mm -hmm. like that is just seeing the response to yeah. it and I mean, the kindness of people. The verse, uh, uh, um, Psalm twenty three, the whole the whole psalm. But surely goodness and mercy shall mm -hmm. follow you all the days of your life. That's that is when I think about that time, that is what sticks out to me. Yeah. Is got his goodness and his mercy following us. It's mm -hmm. like we would wake up early in the morning. Um, you know, not, not sleeping great just because of all the, you know, trauma and right. things to figure out. I mean, every day was very, very full trying to figure out, Susie, no, trying to figure out um, what we needed to do. Like, how do we find a house? Okay, now we found a house. How do we get furniture? Okay, now we have furniture. How do we get food? You know, right. just all those, every, if you just look around your house and you think everything needed yeah. to be replaced and then you know, your, your systems, like your, okay, what do our days look like? And how do we, you know, how do we function? So, right. um, a lot of trauma, but I, I just remember waking up early every morning and, you know, falling into bed at night and thinking all day long, God was just providing evidence of his nearness, mm. of his goodness, of his compassion, of his protection. It just, I mean, it just, it forever changed us, yeah. you know. When did it hit you? You didn't go up with Dawn on no. that weekend. When did it hit you what had happened? I'm not sure that there's like a specific 
point. I mean, I think honestly, looking Wasn't back, it kind of gradual. Yeah, I, th- I think it's gradual. I think you're you're you know, uh, the way God has designed our bodies. I think you're you're kind of in that like cocoon of shock mm-hmm. for a while, and it's you know, I think it's that uh, that a bit of self preservation that He built into us. Like you could, your brain and body can only absorb so much, and right. so you know, even I I'd say a month later when we got to go up to, and see the house. Yes, there were some tears. It was a bit emotional, but it was more surreal mm. than almost like it was traumatic. Separate from you. Yes. Yeah. I just yeah. remember like driving down the driveway, standing in front of the house with the boys, and thinking, "It's so flat." Wow. <laughs> How? Because it was a split level, so it's technically three stories. Sure. Level to, I don't know, a, a couple feet of debris. Wow. And, and I kept thinking, how is that possible? How do three stories of, you know, six people's belongings wow. become leveled to, to that little? Um, yeah, just very surreal. So I think it was, I think it was a gradual. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Were you able to find, did you, did you sift through the rubble at all? Were you able yeah, the to Billy Graham, the Billy Graham Association sent a bunch of volunteers up to help people, and Did so they, they really? would they would send people, and they would just come with their little sifter screens and and pray with you and give you a Bible to each wow. family, and so they they were there with us to, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't need help sifting, and there was hardly anything left, but uh, they were just there to make sure you're okay and to pray for you and. To, Put a name to a face. Just it was an opportunity it was, to it was really the sweet. love of yeah. Christ. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah, it was neat. But before that um, happened, the, the first day that we were allowed back in paradise, officially, legally, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it was just the three younger boys and um, Don and I that went up, they did ask, we we didn't want them to really get into the ashes because, you know, there were reports of how toxic everything was and, you know, you weren't supposed to drink the water for a long time in paradise after they were providing water for people so we didn't really want them to to sift through too much but you know they were kind of poking around on the edges and (laughs) the funniest thing uh, we were when when we got married we I won't say forced but we were strongly encouraged by my mother to register for china and silver and I remember thinking I don't want china I just want sheets and towels and regular dishes but it was very important to her because all of her friends wanted to buy us china and silver so in rebellion, I registered for the cheapest, ugliest really? China. I did. I was like, which one's the cheapest? And the lady at the store said this one. I said, I'll take it. So I hated that China, and we Aww. barely used it. Dawn would sometimes try to get it out, and I, it just was like, no, no. Well, guess what survived? No! The boys are poking around, and they go, hey, Mom, look, you're China. And they lift up. Piece after piece that's maybe a little bit charred, but no, perfectly no, intact. That is funny. And I didn't, you know, I didn't end up keeping it. Well, let's just pretend like that didn't happen. Push it under the ash, it'll be fine. But that was one of those oh. kind of comical, comical moments. So. Oh, boy. There was a moment um, that you've shared before when, I, I don't remember what precipitated it, but I think it may have been when you were still stay, staying with your friends those first few weeks when yeah. you went out to your car. Yeah. yeah. What was that? That was, um, that was the morning um, that we learned. I don't remember if it was the day after the fire or the next day, 
but where we heard on the news that those people had passed away just a couple blocks up from our house. And I think, you know, just grieving for them and their families yeah. and all of those who, you know, there were many who were missing for a long time and some ended up being found and some, you know, had passed. Um, but just, I think the the gravity of the situation definitely hit me that morning and and also just realizing how close we had come wow. you know to possibly dying and um you know so many things mixed in once it's just i think that's another thing that i have a new understanding of is how you can hold so many things at once mm -hmm. grief and gratitude mm -hmm. you know it's like how can they both be so strong at the same time but that's right. That's what that moment was for me. And um, I remember we were all in our friend's house watching the news, and I said to Don, I need to have a good cry. Mm -hmm. And I'm going out to my car. Don't follow me. <laughs> but he did, right? Yes, he's such a stinker. And I said, I said, oh, honey, please, can I come with you? I said, no. <laughs> I need to cry by myself. I need to, like, let yeah. it out. And um, and he he did. I didn't know this till partway through my good cry, but he, I went in my car and of course shut the doors and he was just kind of walking a perimeter Aww. around, just, you know, concerned about me, but yeah. yeah, that was one of those, like, guttural wailing, mm. just intense grief, yeah, yeah. so, whew, it's crazy that you can, uh, you know, years later still yeah. feel those same feelings, so. So when you were, you were staying with this family, and I know, Don, you were hard at work trying to find a place, and that was a, you know, a miracle to get that rental place. Yeah. Um, you know, the aftermath of the fire, and it was, it, it's been a long one. I, I, in previous conversations, I feel like um, almost like a year after, I. I all of the stuff that you were dealing with and the difficulties that you both were experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, take us back a little bit through that, through through what that was like, trying to get things back back in order and, and just the processes and where you were both trying to process through yeah. it. Well, the bottom line was that, you know, we got a lot of stuff donated to us. We, we moved into that rental and then truckloads of stuff, you know, being brought to us and so much that we had to slough some off to other people and, you know, pass on the, the blessings. And then, of course, with the advent of uh, online ordering, you know, we just, we must have filled up the, this huge backyard of this house <laughs> so many times with boxes and had to make dump runs. And, wow. um, I mean, it's so much stuff to, I mean, because you're buying everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're buying everything. And so re rebuilding, I mean, it was probably, I think we bought the house that we're living in now in Chico in September, mm -hmm. and the fire was November. So that whole time we're in, you know, living at a, at a friend's place for, for roughly a month, and then the rest of that time we're in a rental that was a blessing in kind but didn't have the parking that we needed for six mm -hmm. people to live there. It was at the end of a cul-de-sac, and it was just a constant... Um, a constant daily focus on, you know, we have to still run our business, 
And I still have to, I mean, I went to work on Tuesday morning after the fire. Did you and, really? Yeah, because we had just hired a new guy to run the front, and he he was still in training, and I couldn't just, you know, there's, there was four employees there that had to be, wow. you know, had to be managed and, and uh, supported. And so we had to go back on Tuesday morning and answer the phone, Spencer Automotive, this is Don, how can I help you? And they want their oil change appointment or their cabin filter replaced or whatever, and it was really... Uh, it was cumbersome to focus on mm -hmm. those little seemingly meaningless things, but that's that's service. That's you know, and that's part of how we we get our our money too, right? right. So we we have we're forced to wow. focus on that. And then the rebuilding process, man, it's still going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still stuff that we find ourselves we don't remember that we lost it, mm -hmm. or maybe we got one since the fire, but we can't remember. I think. One time I had I had gotten, I'd kept buying, I'd go through Home Depot getting stuff and then I'd run through the tool section every time and just grab something and well, I grabbed a pipe wrench, you know, and I'm like, I know, you know, I need, everybody needs a pipe wrench and so I grabbed one, just threw it into the pile and I would just do that, I'd grab one or two things every time I went through there and just kept adding it to my little toolbox that I bought. And then I found, you know, you just don't remember what you bought. There's so much buying going on. Well, and so and I ended up with three of those pipe wrenches. <laughs> let's explain that for you, tools, it's not like a little toolbox right, that you no, had. No, no. I mean, uh, you may be going here, but you had a whole... A lifetime. Like, of... Well, a lifetime. You, mm -hmm. A mechanic, but so much more. I mean, you've, yeah. got, you've got everything. It, what, in the garage? In our um, garage at our house in Paradise we had, you know, I could have been a tile contractor, I could have been a sheetrock contractor, I could have been a, you know, I had winches and tree climbing equipment and, and four chainsaws and, you know, uh, fishing stuff and I could have been a mechanic three more times with the toolbox. <laughs> My first toolbox I had when I was a kid in high school wow. was in there filled with tools and two more toolboxes filled and so all throughout the garage was you know woodworking lathes and bandsaws and equipment so I could have been a, a I could have been a, like a general contractor you know and so and worked in so many different areas out of that stuff so yeah when you when you lose it wasn't like I had a little handheld or even a top and bottom chest it was right. like my garage literally had a skinny little path that you could work through <laughs> around through this two-car garage just stuffed wow. with shelves and full of everything and uh, and so, yeah, when, being a tool guy and being a fixer and a doer and having grown up doing it all myself to to have stuff that was that your grandfather had touched mm. and and used and and to have that stuff passed down through generations and and to feel that connection with your history every time you grab that that wow. tool to have that stuff gone was was I remember there was one tool that I did grab mm. and I looked specifically for it when I went in there there was a. a uh, my grandfather back in the 30s and 40s had in Texas in East Texas had a, a blacksmith shop and also an auto repair kind of a thing back then and so he had taken a leaf spring from a car and forged it into a a, a huge pry bar with one of those kind of nail puller heads with the big U mm -hmm. on the end it looked like a shepherd's hook you know but a small version of that and I, I went and found that hanging on the side mm -hmm. of my toolbox and it, and it had the toolbox was there and it had kind of all sagged and looked all sad but that but that deal was on the side so that was one thing I was that, sure that to survived that or you, survived okay and I grabbed it and uh, and still use it to this wow. day so yeah and we're talking about I mean thousands of dollars of equipment right I mean probably I mean, hundreds of hundreds of thousands, yeah. of, thousands oh, yeah. of dollars of equipment that's separate from the home that was yes. in that 
Yeah. Garage. Yeah, and the insurance company is going, it's good news. We'll pay up to $22,000 for the contents of your <laughs> two-car like, garage. Um, thank you. And I go, that's not good news. That's yeah. That's a, that's not going to work for me. So. But you had, what was that? You had filmed or taken pictures? During one of the previous scares, we, yeah. I had gone through and opened every single drawer of every toolbox and focused and taken videos of everything. And so I started itemizing that garage, and I was... I think I was probably eight or ten hours into itemizing it, making a list and looking up comps and going how old is it and what's the replacement cost and making an Excel sheet wow. for them because they told me I had to itemize it. Yeah. So I was eight or ten hours into that when they, when they neglected to tell me I, di I didn't need to keep doing that because they had just totaled out air. They realized that it was going to go way above our policy limits, so they, they ended up maxing out our policy and said, you didn't need to actually do that. And I was like, you <laughs> got to be kidding. Your whole policy amount. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. yeah, that was that was hard to hear, but, you know, because time at that moment was so precious yeah. because we, we were, every waking minute was focused on rebuilding. Yeah. You were asking what it was like. I mean, it, we're still dealing with, our, we still own the property that has hundreds of dead trees. Do you really? And we're still yeah, trying to sell it. And we've been, we've been scammed by two separate people trying to purchase it. Are you serious? That are trying to just take advantage. There's all kinds of wolves out there. And uh, so we've, we've had this, uh, this property basically in escrow twice. Huh? And people trying to take advantage it's, you it's still insane. own it we still yeah, we, own it we don't want to <laughs> no and we got yeah the it's city's the city once once uh fire safe measures taken on it and like it's crazy money to get yeah stuff taken care of on a piece of property like that wow and but, so but it's worth not much because what what is the estimates for the trees to be the dead oh, trees we've, we've had you know two to four hundred thousand dollar estimates oh my gosh to, to come through and get all the trees taken out and to create a fire up. bigger fire perimeter just just to take all just, the dead trees out because the it's, trees that died from the fire it's wow. five acres of steep canyon property with trees as as you know three four foot diameter in some wow. cases big oak trees that are 100, 100 feet tall wow and so you you take hundreds of that and you go how how much money does it take to cut down one tree and so yeah i mean depending on who does the work the estimates will vary but that so the land's not even worth it's worth a negative two hundred thousand oh dollars <laughs> but people from you know i think this last guy was from out of town and he had dreams of you know putting condos on it which wasn't even allowed by the city but oh. he was determined so anyway it didn't yeah it did not it was a joke it's, yeah it's, so. It's, it's unfortunate well We'll sell it eventually. Yeah, eventually somebody will buy it for cheap. We just need to get out from underneath it, but yeah. we didn't want to be the ones having to pony up for all sure. of the, the fire safe measures. We're trying to negotiate all that. So, anyways, yeah, it's still the bottom line is we're still it'll still never go away. Still dealing with mm -hmm. that the aftermath of that. Well, and in you know this, and you you both know this, I'm sure, but and you've already kind of mentioned it. You know, in those traumatic situations our brain really does go on autopilot mm -hmm. and when you have to actually think mm -hmm. about things constantly your brain oh, can't yeah. handle it like yeah. it just gets overwhelmed there's so many things that we do out of habit right the routines right. we get up and we know where our watches are right. our phone and our toothbrush yeah, yeah. and with All everything of that completely reinvented your brain is working overtime uh -huh. so how did you manage? Well, I, I was just thinking when you were saying that, I remember a couple days after the fire. Uh, so we stayed with my friend Natalie. 
her husband Josh and their kids, and they have an in-law unit. It's a shared property. And then Bruce and Linnell, also Linnell and Bruce are also also our friends, and Natalie's parents lived on the same okay. property. So everybody was kind of helping in different ways. But Linnell would wake up each morning, and she would be my brain, <laughs> and she would say. Today we're going to go into Chico and we're going to buy you some groceries and oh. we're going to go to this donation center and you're yeah. going to pick out some sheets and blankets yeah. and we're going to go to the bank and you know she and I'd say okay okay here's some food go get dressed yeah. and then get in the car and I remember her taking me to the grocery store and her saying okay what do you guys like to eat for breakfast and Sandy Joe I oh. could not remember wow. I don't know what we eat for breakfast she said do you eat cereal maybe wow. do you eat oatmeal I don't think so. How about wow. eggs? Okay, we'll eat eggs. I'm just <laughs> I don't know what we eat for breakfast. Oh. I don't know what I like. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just could not make my brain. Yeah. So she said, that's okay. That's okay. We're mm -hmm. just going to buy these things. And then I also remember going to a donation center at a church. And, um, you know, there were six people living in our home. And I, <laughs> I would get a bag and start going through the line. And I would, you know, get like one blanket and she'd say honey you got you've got six people who live in your house oh I don't want to take you know I need to save some for other people well you need more than one blanket okay I'll take two and then you know sheets and towels and toiletries and all that stuff and I would take one or two things and finally she just got in line behind me with her own bag. <laughs> she, just, she was like she would take the extra she would take the things that I needed I just it's just the strangest thing wow. I mean you know. But how cool to have a friend who Oh was yeah. She was my brain. Just she was thinking my brain. Yep. for you in those few, and it, few days. You know, there was a lot of shock, but there were some really sweet times with mm. those two families. I mean, they became like family to yeah. us. Um, just, you know, praying together and eating together and crying together mm. and you know, they were, they were so, they were beyond generous with wow. us, just beyond generous. And it was like the best place we could have landed. It was never our plan. But imagine a family taking in six people, mm -hmm. including one senior with mm -hmm. Parkinson's and two dogs. Yeah. Just boom. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Come right. on. Come on in. <laughs> and, and absorbing for, us for, for weeks yeah. and helping you, yeah. not yeah. just taking you in, but helping yeah. you each that's, day. That's yeah, their the, days were consumed with us. Yeah. 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 Watching the news with us, crying with us, you know, wow. doing, doing, you know, just helping commiserating us. And, and encouraging. and Getting medications for Don's father and, mm -hmm. you know, I, don't, I mm -hmm. just don't even, helping the boys find clothes. Yeah. How was it with the two of you and that time? How you both process things differently. <laughs> This is that's, a, that's an understatement, I know. <laughs> what was that like uh, for the two of you together and then separately as you're yeah. trying to figure all this stuff out? I think in the beginning, I think in the beginning when we were in shock and a lot of decisions had to be made, I think, <coughs> I think we did pretty well relationship-wise and communication-wise. Our rental had a hot tub. Nice. And I remember most nights sitting in the hot tub yeah. and just talking about all the things, yeah. like, and, and dreaming too. Like we, you know, we own very little here now, and yeah. we are being paid by insurance. We could completely reinvent ourselves sure. and move out of state, or sure. you know, sell the business or whatever. But I think after that kind of initial um, time wore off and that shock wore off, I think 
we we definitely had some mm -hmm. some struggles. It was it was a it was a really hard time. Um, yeah. So what happened was uh, I decided to escape. Mm -hmm. I had the pressures of business and the pressures of you know I didn't want to be at my job. I didn't want my business anymore. I wanted to trash the whole thing and walk away and leave, even if I had to give it away. In fact, I drove around to there's other shop owners that I knew trying to give my business to them and wow. I was I was done I was completely 100% checked out of that but I still had to forced because of circumstance to go in and go through your daily routine and pretend to care about details that you could care less about for other people and so it was extremely mentally trying for me to go through that and then to come home and you know everybody there it was all you know, there was lots of needs there. Mm -hmm. There was lots of needs with our home situation, lots of needs with buying forks and, and buying, you know, hand towels and sorting through a lot of stuff that was donated. And it was just, it was a, it was a mess. It was an absolute overwhelming mess. And so um, instead of me sitting down and saying, "Hun, how can I serve you? My answer was to go get in my boat. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it'd be midnight. And I'd leave, I'd go launch my boat. I mean, wind, rain, sunny, it didn't matter. And I'm, and I'm gone. I gotta leave and I'm gone till night the next evening, you know, and it just, just, uh, it was a salve to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of good time with the Lord on the water, just getting my feet underneath me again. Yeah. And, um, but that meant that the cost of that was that, um, that that heart and I'm like that. I'm just pursue something 110% hyper focus on something. I'm basically, you know, like a high functioning autistic. <laughs> and, in a lot of ways. Or ADHD yeah, maybe. Yeah, but, I mean, there, there's there's. He doesn't some, do anything part way. No, no. Yeah. And, yeah, unless it's maintaining my marriage, right? <laughs> and so. Uh, yeah. I uh, so yeah. I I was there was a lot of struggle mm -hmm. in that area of her needing me, and and even when I was there, just you know, it's like when we're driving down the hill and you're so focused on yeah. stuff you can't pay attention to time because yeah. your brain is filled up with these other things. And and the, my answer was to just focus on myself and what I wanted, and what I needed during that mm -hmm. time. And so we were both going and seeing uh, Christian counselors individually at that time. We were thinking about going into a. a marriage counseling situation, but we ended up just staying in the individual counseling and working on ourselves and working through it. And it took a couple of years, I would say, a solid couple of years, maybe th two or three years. And here we are, it's about, uh, we're coming up on, has it been five years now? I, th I think the fire was 18. It'll be five years this November. Oh, so it's we been a little over four years. And uh, yeah, it was a couple really hard year and a half to two years of really really hard and, and it's getting better and and we're also going through at the same time the change of all of this other stuff plus our kids are we're, we're turning into empty nesters our mm -hmm. kids are growing up and that's a really hard thing for her I think to to let go of this this whole several decades has been focused on raising these children and yeah. now they don't need us anymore and they're all in college or above and so if we're going through these major life changes and having to reinvent like what our relationship is about mm -hmm. is it centered on God is it centered on each other mm -hmm. 
and are we putting ourselves last? And you know, it's it's something I haven't done well with, and and we're working on it and doing better for sure. Well, what is so cool though is you know the story you going out to the car, mm. and you're you're out there with her. Yeah, it that's who you are, yeah. Don, and the other stuff was a strain yeah. on you but that really is who you are you really do care about people yeah. and you care about people by and you show them by what you do how you can help them and at that moment you were just both so yeah depleted depleted mm. and prior to that the you've shared before that that the work on that house in paradise yeah. was it was time it was all consuming yeah, yeah. overwhelming and we had our own business that was consuming that was you know your normal small business owner lifestyle you know you're spending right you know your minimum of 40 hours more like 50 or 60 hours a week on your right. on your business and then your i was i think i was averaging somewhere between 20 and 30 hours a week on the house wow. yeah of between clearing the land and fixing painting the house just needed so we much added, we added another bathroom in the basement basement bathrooms wow. are crazy to do because they're underneath the wow. sewer line and and so there was so much mm. stuff being done all the time trying to figure out the wood storage and the firewood and the protecting the deck and it just mm. i mean we were four and a half years of just straight hardcore yeah. intense work on the place and it was that big it was a huge house and huge I mean that that deck was like I said 2,500 square feet wow. and over 30 feet off the ground wow. in certain parts and so in six six different levels yeah. staircases it was it was designed when it was built in the 80s or 90s to be this house to entertain and probably do weddings and parties wow. after it was this huge beautiful. yeah dance dance floor on the deck that they had to cut off because it was rotten so there was so much to do mm. and uh, so you had to become a timber specialist mm -hmm. in, a, in a house you know house specialist in every single discipline and the yeah. plumbing the electrical every plug was worn out in that house you'd plug something in and it would just fall right out of the plug wow. everything was worn out and so that's it was like that fixer-upper movie with uh was it tom hanks yeah uh, money, the money, pit. money pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not that bad but pretty close sometimes was, yeah. but we had um i don't know the timeline of when but we had talked um, and and had agreed that we needed to make an exit plan to get wow. out of the house. We loved it there. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful and it was perfect for our kids' age. Yeah. And it was like a retreat. It was like sure. living at a retreat. Wow. But it was killing him. Yeah. And so our, I don't remember what the timeline was. Do you, babe? Where we talked about, you know, okay, we've got to make a plan in the future where, in five years. Sure you know, we're not going to live here anymore because sure. it was going to kill him. So anyway, God's like, I got you. I'll, well, I got an exit plan for you this whole night. <laughs> so you, I mean, you're, you're dealing with four, four and a half years of stress. Yeah. Then an Im incredibly tragic, yeah. traumatic moment happens. And then you shift into a whole other stress. Right. And challenge. And there's no wonder why you were completely fried yeah. and broken. checked out. Yeah. yeah. So broken. Like, and, I think they say PTSD and... Oh, yeah. absolutely. Totally. You know, kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. For you, what was that... Yeah. What was that time like? Um, I think just a, a lot of it's blurry, just yeah. kind of going through the motions. But I do remember, you know, being very concerned for our marriage mm -hmm. and 
trying to have conversations about it and not really getting anywhere. And, you know, that's normal to some yeah. degree, but then it would just go on and on. And I remember um, one night, you know, sitting in our bedroom, having the same conversations again, and and Don just saying, like, why, why are we talking about this again? We're, we, we're not coming to any conclusions. Like, I just, I don't want to talk about this anymore. We were starting to, on occasion, he would sleep in the other room, or I wow. would sleep in the other room, and... I just remember having this like moment in my brain where it clicked and I thought, oh my gosh, this is how, this is how divorce happens. Mm -hmm. Nobody just wakes up one day and is like, oh, I'm all done. It's this gradual, like not being able to connect, not being able to understand each other, you know, just slowly drifting apart. And I got really scared. (laughs) Yeah. And I just remember saying, like, we we need counseling. Mm-hmm. We need counseling. And if and if you're not ready, then I'm going to do counseling on my own. And I called the next day and, and got signed up. Um, and I also just remember literally uh, on my knees, like, waging war. Mm-hmm. Like, just asking God for, um, for healing and, you know, just, just crying out to him and asking him to restore and Mm -hmm. fix and heal and um he absolutely has it it wasn't a quick thing or a an easy thing I think counseling was really really valuable for Mm -hmm. both of us um maybe me more than you but um but yeah that was a that was a hard time you know I I heard a statistic years ago and this related to couples who lose if they lose a child that 50 percent of couples who's child passes Mm. away they divorce and it's because they're grieving the same thing and they're not always necessarily able to be there for one another right in the way that each other needs it right and you know people who know you would say there is no way on earth these two would ever get divorced like you just you're solid people the way you love each other all of that kind of stuff and yet it shows um it the, it shows the reality of, of how painful it was and how not understanding, but that it, it makes sense that you get to such a point mm-hmm. where there's so much brokenness and pain. And again, you're not able to really be there for each other mm-hmm. in the ways that you need to or understand. Yeah. And it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And that that is saying that that is how difficult mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. That that it got there, and yet, um, of course, the testament to your both of your your character and your relationship with each other and your relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. that you're. Where well, you are. there's a willingness to yield that mm-hmm. is really hard to come by in ourselves. To the Lord, a willingness to yield to His will over our own. You know, yeah. willingness, and that was hard to come up with. Hard to, hard to allow mm-hmm. the Lord to work through you, and and for His words to come out of your mouth instead of your own. And it's 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 difficult. It had been a hard that year had been before the fire mm-hmm. had been an extremely trying and difficult year. I ended the year already having chest pains and stuff because yeah. of stress, and so it started with. 
in the end of 2017, we were forced to move our business because our landlord wanted their property back. And so moving the business is like, for me, it's like a month straight of like between 15 and 20 hour work days. It's gigantic. It just, I mean, and you don't recover for six months. I mean, it's hard, hard, hard moving your business, an auto repair business. Yeah. And that happened right at the beginning. That's how 18 started. Wow. So during that time, my mother who lives three and a half, four hours away from us with my brother and his wife uh, was dying of cancer. Mm. And so I'm driving, you know, moving the business. Now I'm driving down and visiting my mom and trying to get as much time yeah. with her before things start getting ugly. Right. And uh, so I'm down spending whole weekends and watching her and spending time with her and dealing with that. And I think it was about, I think it was in June of 18 that she passed. That, like that alone. Those two things alone could put, put me, could have put me over the edge. Absolutely. Just those two, just the business itself. Absolutely. And then my mom on top of that. And then I'm dealing with my, uh, my father living with us at that mm. time was, I mean, I would walk into the house and I would instantly see red when I saw mm. him instantly angry on edge, didn't want to look at yeah. him. And that was extremely stressful to me. Yeah. On top of that, I'm spending 20 to 30 hours a week trying to repair this property. And I'm having chest pains every time I start to imagine the next eight things Mm -hmm. I have to do. (coughs) We've clearly taken on more than we should have. And and in addition to that, my business with the four employees that I had, three out of four of them during that year, either one left or one got replaced by somebody else. So three out of four of my entire crew, including my front office person who managed everything, got replaced and had to be retrained. Wow. So all of this is happening at the same time. Everything's circling in this crazy storm. And then the fire hits and the fire hits. And in so many ways, it was hard, extremely hard, but it actually relieved a lot of that. It took away that 20 to 30 hours of of stress I had, you know, to work on the house. So a lot of, a lot of the, there was no more way to control it anymore. And so that year, so for us to, to be struggling in our marriage because of any one of those things that happened that Absolutely. year. And then have the fire on top of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was just at my breaking point. Absolutely. And it was a struggle to just get out of bed mm-hmm. and figure out what the first priority was for the day mm-hmm. with that many things happening. So okay. my mind couldn't do anything else but want to escape. Mm-hmm. How it's long? not justified. I mean... No, no. In fact, I... I I would disagree. Well, I mean, it, it's un, it's understandable, and right. I hear what you're saying. It I I mean, it just makes complete sense. You're you just go into a place where you just yeah. You There's just, a lot of weight, and you're trying to get out from underneath it. Yeah. At some point, your mind and your body yeah. and your and your your hope can only stand so many yeah. things at once. You know. So yeah. I appreciate you, Lisa, being. So patient with me during that time of working through I'm it, not, sure not just walking. <laughs> How oh, for by you? Patient, I mean controlling. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> well, and so fishing for you has become, uh, you know, a huge thing, and um, but a but a way for you to retreat and re-energize and mm-hmm. and find, you know, you both have your ways of of. And probably now understand even better what it is that you need individually to kind of recharge and mm-hmm. refresh. 
I found that if I focus on fishing, I don't have to focus on my marriage or my business. Or <laughs> so have you have you guys set some like parameters in place? He can go out fishing if he does, if no. he comes back, or no? I you think, just let him. No, we for her to we try don't have that kind of marriage. <laughs> she tried. She tried. That was part of the struggle. Was there was there was no focus for me on her and on the marriage and the kids and stuff and and yeah. and there was a there was an attempt to control that on a lot of levels mm -hmm. from her side of things and that was even more pressure sure and you know i just saw it as a as a as a, another weight you know i right. needed i needed this in my mind i, I thought i did and right. and so uh in hindsight i wish i would have handled it completely different sure. but uh but, but you, yeah the, the what what changed in our marriage and this has happened in several things in our life when i when i'm stuck in some bad place or whatever she has learned that if she just trusts the lord mm. to deal with me and she yeah. backs away that the lord can speak so much more clearly to me than than her and she did and and it did it was a couple of years of really hardcore fishing and i started getting more and more into it just learning how to fish mm. during this time and so now it's been about five years of pretty hardcore fishing and and i and last year i think 22 no 21 going into 22 I was tournament fishing wow. with our little club and I was fishing two other circuits one one that's two hours from here wow. and one that was you know doing a few here and there with a with a larger thing that comes through and so you know I could be gone every weekend tournament fishing or mm -hmm. just practicing or whatever and so she's been very good to just say I'm gonna I know the Lord's gonna deal with this and so he mm -hmm. did and this last year we had some more difficulties with the business and just my body had some issues you know just keeping up with the physical requirements of that kind of schedule and so uh this last year for the most part after the spring i pretty much backed away and the only i do fish a lot still but the only tournament that i do is our little six or ten boat tiny little paradise bass club tournament wow. and that's it it's like low pressure low money because you've learned to kind of dial back as needed and I or pay attention to yourself. I, I, you know, and I just realized that when I start attaching money and obligation to something that I enjoy, it, it can kind of ruin it, you mm -hmm. know. And, and so I just, it took some of the purity out of the, mm -hmm. the enjoyment, you know. And, and so realizing that I needed to instead be focusing on my wife, my home, my yeah. business. And so I'm slowly, the Lord's slowly getting me to care more about my business again mm -hmm. and more about... You know my marriage and more about my my home that that houses us and and the animals and the things i need to take care of around the, the responsibilities around here so slowly but surely that that uh, hardness is is breaking away and i'm getting back to where where i can care for and focus on these these things that i should have been doing all along and so you know we yeah. don't live our lives in these isolated moments they are a culmination of everything right and so knowing you don and your history and your childhood and there's a reason why you walk in your house and see red when you see your dad <laughs> because that was such a, i mean you grew up in such a dysfunctional situation mm -hmm. and it's been hard right and so this journey where you both have, are at is the culmination of your whole life mm -hmm. and the process and the journey and and both of us coming from divorced families yes mm -hmm. i mean that, difficult. that statistic alone is another Absolutely. one where it's like you know i think more than half of the people that where they both come from divorced moms and dads uh if both cup both of the couple did come from that situation, their their chance of getting divorced, I think, is over fifty percent. Really? I don't remember what statistics. Something high, something high, very yeah. high, or maybe it's even higher than that. So that's an interesting one to look up too. 
Well, and yeah, <coughs> and so so much there, so much, so much work. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking back. Like, remember you guys getting married, being there at your wedding, mm -hmm. and the journey that it's been, and for both of you, that process of just this has been a rough thing, and it the you know these events that can just shatter a relationship. Yeah. Right. Um, it didn't. And it, and would you say that there's more understanding that you're oh, stronger yeah. than than you were before? Hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're better communicators. We're more gracious um, with each other. I I think we're we're in a really good place right now. Not that mm -hmm. there isn't room for growth, right. but um, yeah, just it it is almost. I'm actually reading a book that a friend recommended the friend Linnell, who was my brain after the fire, <laughs> called The Second Half of Marriage. And it's it's just talking all about um, this season and how you, it's not going to look like the first half of marriage. So trauma or no trauma, yeah, we're kind of reinventing things right, right now. And in some ways it's hard because it's like, what do, what does this look like? But in right. some ways it's really exciting too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think I think we're in a good place right now. We did take a, we did take a little bit of the, the money that we got from these all this stuff that's happened and we went and bought it. We, we used to have a travel trailer, and it was hard for her to travel because she's got a neck thing going on mm -hmm. where she can't sit in the car for more mm -hmm. than a couple hours without hurting pretty bad. So we ended up buying a motorhome to where we could we could jump in and, nice. and travel, and she could get up and move around and ice her neck while we're nice. driving. And so that's, our I think, a dream that we kind of share and a focus that okay. we have is, is getting out of, out of Dodge for right. little bits at a time. We recently took a trip for a couple weeks up through Idaho to see uh, all these people that we know and love to that have escaped yeah. California, including including yeah, so. your sister and brother-in-law <laughs> and some mutual friends that we have. Yeah. Got to go visit and just just go have a, a routine elsewhere. Yeah. And so I think that's something that we both yeah, envision doing with, with our, you know, semi, slightly, you know, 20% retired life yeah. that we have right now. <laughs> I'm still it. running in this business and have right. a lot of obligations here in California, but we, we do want to travel around and go right. camping and get out on these little lakes and hiking trails and biking trails and stuff and just and just get away and go enjoy spending time uh, living life together yeah. in a new setting and, and exploring I think is, is something we both on our hearts. So. Yep. Well and you essentially are able to do that one of the blessings from from the fire was the insurance mm -hmm. uh, It was like we had a yard sale and in an hour we sold our house, <laughs> our underwear, our toothpicks <laughs> And every single thing, oh, and got top price for everything. <laughs> and we're able to buy this beautiful house that we're in yep. now, and um, has given has given some freedom to your mm -hmm. to your life. I mean, let, less time having to fix up a place, and mm -hmm. more time to spend time with each other, yep. and and refresh fish. and fish, and spend time with the fish. Um, <laughs> and so, the, almost like a new opportunity, a new. I was going to say lease on life, but that that feels strange. But a new, kind of a new future, a yeah, new, new direction. Season. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's there's definitely things from our life before that were. There is definitely a a div dividing line. It's kind of mm -hmm. like that when you when you meet Christ and come to Christ, yeah. and then your life is. It's like there's there's BC and yeah. AD, mm -hmm. right? You know, right. and uh, and so yeah, the fire is definitely one of those dividing. You know, we have those in our life. Like our marriage is mm -hmm. one of those major. Things. You know, when my, my stepfather died, you know, yeah. that was a pretty traumatic thing. And it's these 
you know, traumatic, good or bad, like, right. in, you know, intense. And so the fire was one of that year mm. was one of those. And so um, I feel like we're just now pulling off of that dividing line. Mm. Like this dividing line ended up being not just a, a finite moment right. in time, like a day or right. a week. It was, it's, it's a years wide right. line that we're just now starting to come off of and, mm. and become, uh, okay, what does our new life even look like? The yeah. boys are just now all doing so well and in, in college and, you know, our, one of them's paying his own tuition to go to a, a state, not the, to Chico State, actually. Yeah. He's, nice. he's, he's working part-time, paying his own tuition, nice. taking a heavy load to become an engineer. And, wow. and he, he's done so well that he's he's paying his own way through That's that. That's awesome. It's crazy. So, so we're just, we're not needed in that department mm. anymore, and, and it's hard. Yeah. And grieving a little bit, and yeah. probably grieving a lot for Lisa, but this new direction, this new AD, you know, like, mm -hmm. this life will look a lot different, and we're just slowly putting our feelers out there and trying different things, and mm -hmm. we tried pickleball and figured out that that's not great for, for her body. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's not as nefarious as it sounds. And, uh, so yeah, we, we you know we just we just uh, you know I got a kayak that we put on the back of the nice. camper when we go, and I can go fish and do a little bit of fishing. You don't take camping. your boat. I just I have well the kayak would would probably rival most people's boats. It's kind of oh my it's gosh, not, it's not a kayak you would imagine. <laughs> it's not yeah no it's, it's not a it's a fishing a kayak. Fish so it has Does a, it really? Oh yeah, fish finder, trolling motor, lights. I mean, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's it, you can well, that, take a lot. Like of that's kind of, he doesn't do anything. No, bad. it's yeah. kind of like saying when we say that Don fishes, yeah. he doesn't sit out there oh, on no, a little no. paddle boat with a fishing rod and yeah. and in sit no. and just kind of peacefully. It's a full contact it's sport. Full con <laughs> I've got twenty some rods in my boat. No. With moving from one to the yeah. other. Yeah, exactly. You probably Constantly. don't probably don't sit down ever no. as you're doing it. No, no. he's you're exhausted. 70, you're by seventy that. miles an hour from one spot to the next on this fast boat. And you stop and fish, 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 fish. <laughs> I do remember the first time I went fishing with him. We went on a little weekend trip, and I thought, oh, this is going to be so fun. We'll go out on the boat. We'll have great conversation. It'll be so relaxing. He's completely deluded, yeah. There's no and, and, I mean, then this, like, frenetic kind of, like, fishing is happening. I'm like, I don't really understand. We are not having, like relational conversation if we're having conversation at all it's about lures and fishing and right the bite. And do that and right <laughs> no it's a time to, it's a time in my mind to amp things up not to settle down yeah. like, i've got a problem no they say the tug is the drug the tug is the drug <laughs> and that's when that fish tugs on the end of your line that's what we live for is fishing. that's so funny well, thank you both. This has been just incredible. Amazing. I think better than the first one, for uh, sure. That's good. <laughs> um, but I, well, we are older and wiser because it has been a few months. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That was our dress rehearsal. That's right. You guys have so much to offer, not just through this podcast, but your life, your ministry, um, your, you know, what you guys have embodied to me. The, just the example of giving and sharing and caring about others and I know that it's going to continue to resonate in this you know this next phase of your life and so appreciate you both being on any final thoughts words of wisdom I love you Lisa Aww. <laughs> he wanted that on the record yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy Joe, for being willing you. to travel up this way and hear our story. You. Appreciate and allow it. us an opportunity just to yeah, yeah, to put it out there. 
Well, this has been the Nefesh podcast, and uh, here with Dawn and Lisa Spencer, I am so glad to have this opportunity to have them share and share their story. I know it has resonated with you, and um, I'm sure has has had some some deep meaning in your own life. And uh, we will talk to you next time.